uh, not even just the medical aspect, but the whole of the culture around it. So uh, if you're an able-bodied person and you're not willing to kind of embrace that culture and live that life with me, um, that can make relationships hard and it can make monogamy hard. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 157. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a beautiful interview with Jade, who is a performer, comedian, and artist. Yeah, we were put in touch with Jade by Jeff, uh, who you don't know yet, but we have an interview with Jeff coming out in January. And Jeff is the director and creator of a animated documentary called Romantic Chorus. And so we a couple of weeks ago, we interviewed Imani, um, and she was in the movie as well, and as is Jade. So we're excited to get this story out there. It is amazing. Um, Very powerful. Powerful and a sharp sense of humor. Yes. So uh, you'll hear us laughing a lot along with Jade. And we're just, again, we're really touched and excited to bring you this conversation. Before we jump into the interview, we do have a couple of announcements. Actually, we are going to save our usual community announcements for the end of the show. We're so, sparing you this week. Yeah. So stick um, around to the end because there's some good stuff happening. Though. Yes. But first off, we are doing uh, some special bonus episodes later this month. And we wanted to encourage all of you to leave us some voicemails for those episodes. The first is around the Christmas time, we're going to be releasing an episode about bloopers. And these are encouraged to be non-monogamy specific, but they do not have to be sexual. Yeah. And really, whatever floats your boat, the goal here is to lighten the mood and bring some joy to people. So if you head over to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the contact us tab, there is a way to send us a voicemail and we would love it if you would do so. Right. And so... Sending us bloopers is the first part, but then the second one we're asking for is the best part of 2020 for you. So we'd like to publish an episode around New Year's that really highlights some of the best things that have happened in 2020 because we know it's been a tough year. Or if you want to, describe how you're going to crush 2021. Yeah. And and you can send us two voicemails. Honestly, you can send us four voicemails if you want. Uh, try to keep a, each story under five minutes because you will be cut off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so thank you in advance for doing that and for helping us put together a little bit of fun and joy at the end of the year here. Yeah. A few other quick shout outs that we wanted to put at the beginning of the show here. The first is a few weeks ago in episode 154, we interviewed Mariana and Rob. And Mariana is publishing, working on publishing a book for children called A Color Named Love, and it's about polyamorous family. So they've been launching a Kickstarter to publish this book, and it's been going amazing. But there's a week left, and we wanted to promote it so that if you haven't donated yet, please go support that work. Yeah, and it's not even really just donating. You get copies of the book. Yes. Uh, you get all sorts of really cool stuff by doing this. And just a heads up, like they have crushed the Kickstarter. They're at like $18,000 and they only needed thirteen. So really everything you're doing now is helping to make sure this reaches as many people as possible. So it's amazing and we're super excited. So thank you. And, and again, thank you to anybody who listened to our show and went in and supported this yes. project. So we're, we're honored to help promote it. And you can do so by following the links in your show notes in the podcast player or in our show notes on our website. The other one is a few weeks even prior to that, episode 140, we had Jane and Jay come on. And Jane is, not to be confused with Jade, we've got Jade, (laughs) Jane, and Jay. Sorry about that. That's our bad. bad. We should have done this on a different week. Anyway, Jane is the author and creator of the Swing Fashions comic series. And they actually took this and made it into a comic book, and it is available on Amazon. And so we told them we would definitely shout it out because, I mean, it's amazing. They sent us a couple copies to 
giveaway to our Patreon group and one for us. And so we're we're really excited. It's it's super fun and we've been enjoying reading it. So mm-hmm. head over to the show notes and there will be links in there to go ahead and pick up a copy for yourself. And you can throw it right on your, your coffee table for Christmas. People yeah, love wh- it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. There's no nudity on the cover. It'll be fine. <laughs> Just some pineapples. Precariously placed pineapples. Yes. That's new band name. <laughs> for your next for your next band. For my next band. Uh, that's all we have for the intro. Again, stay 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 tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the interview, maybe. <laughs> Listen to the interview. Then after the interview, come back and we'll be announcing and talking about our upcoming meet and greets and Patreon uh, activities. Yeah. And one more time, in case you don't know where to find us, there's links in your show notes player or head over to, norm- to normalizingnonmonogamy.com. <laughs> And you can find the show notes under the podcast tab for all of our guests, including today's, uh, generally with photos and a little bit more about who they are and links to anything that they're involved in. Yes. Including A Color Named Love and Swing Fashions comic books. Yes. All of that. All of the above. So now let's go talk to Jade. Welcome to the show, Jade. Uh, We're super excited to have you here. Uh, We were put in touch uh, through... A mutual contact, Jeff. Uh, His episode hasn't come out yet, but it will. It will. It'll be coming out in January. And uh, you were in his movie, uh, A Romantic Chorus. And so we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. But we wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourself for the listeners. Cool. Hi. Uh, my name is Jade Terrio. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a comedian, film actor, uh, do some music here and there. I I've been very involved in the art world for uh, ever since uh, the beginning of college, really. I'm 26 now, now of college for a while, but um, I don't know. I've lived in the Bay Area my whole life. Uh, I like art that subverts expectations. I like original things. I don't know who doesn't. Yeah, I, I live with my roommate, and we, we got a cat. Pretty cool cat. <laughs> That's a Love good that thing. cat. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, just living the living the millennial life in the middle of the Bay Area. In the in the middle of a freaking pandemic, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta throw that in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered if you were having the same pandemic as we were. I thought maybe maybe you'd found a way out of it. I think so. What's it called? The co- Kobo Kobo. Yeah, something like Kofefe. Co- I think. <laughs> yeah, there we go, Kofipi. Yeah, <laughs> uh, damn Kofipi. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here. We're super excited, and and so the, just kind of like to preempt this for the listeners, we we don't know a whole lot about you, and you you don't know a whole lot about us. So we're just kind of we're kind of winging it here together. So we're super <laughs> just having a conversation. We're super excited, and we we just. Um, it's just awesome to be put in touch with awesome people. So thank you for going out on a limb and chatting with us tonight. Oh, yeah. Are you two a couple or how does this work? <laughs> uh, they tell we, us we are. We are. Yes. <laughs> we, we've, uh, we're in our early 30s, but we've been together since 2005. So we've been together about 15 years. Um, cool. But yeah. Yeah. That's us in a very small. I was like, yeah, I don't know where where, where do I go with that. (laughs) So we we are only each other. Yeah, exactly. Yep, we we can't survive independently. Um, That's a joke, by the way. It is. (laughs) (laughs) So the so the podcast uh, focuses, as you know, around non-monogamy, but you know, in our brief conversations. It was sort of discussed that you don't necessarily identify as non-monogamous, but you also don't really identify as monogamous. So maybe would you be open to sharing a little bit about some background and, and you know, who who is Jade and, and what has relationship looked like for you? Sure. Um, so, uh, well, I, I mean, I've never really been in a serious relationship, so I've never... You know, done the whole like, oh, it's my boyfriend, and we're gonna go, you know, say, oh, we've been together for one week, let's have an anniversary. You know, haven't really. Um, I've had pseudo relationships where it's like you don't put a label on it, but you're talking to the same person every day and hanging out with the same person every day and barely fucking, but almost. You know, it's like, you know, it's kind of a I'm sorry, I don't know if this is a 
You can yeah, swear. No, you can say fuck. You, you can okay. swear. No, I mean, so I... Yes, I mean, uh, intimacy is uh, definitely a challenge for me. I I mean, this is the pink elephant in the room that it's... Uh, I, I guess I do have to bring up because it's, it's related to sex and, and relationships. Um, I am a disabled person, so I have a physical disability that's also very visible and it does limit um the things i do in bed you know but it also makes for a very interesting experience so i feel like there's been a lot of you know i mean when you're visibly disabled it's it's difficult when you don't kind of look like the conventional person and you don't move like a conventional person so when you don't look or move like a conventional person people don't know what to do with that Um, so, so I found that when I do get into relationships with people, it's one of those things where, or pseudo relationships or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's one of those things where the other person has to be willing to become disabled as well, in a way. And I don't mean that in a negative way, like, oh, you gotta be in a wheelchair like me or anything crazy like that. But I, I have a disabled life. My life is very around not not even just um, disabled, uh, not even just the medical aspect, but the whole culture around mm-hmm. it. So uh, if you're an able-bodied person and you're not willing to kind of embrace that culture and live that life with me, um, that can make relationships hard and it can make monogamy hard because I feel like with monogamy, there's kind of this idea of commitment. Like I'm committing myself to one person and I'm living the life of this one person. Um, so I believe because of those uh, difficulties, I found that monog- I haven't found myself in that many monogamous relationships. Um, I mean, I have slept around. I have, you know, been with people in an intimate way, but it's never been exclusive. And I've also been with people who were polyamorous. And, um, not like serious, I would never put a label on it between myself and that person, but you know, I was okay with them sleeping with other people because in my mind, in my heart, it wasn't a serious thing for me. Mm-hmm. So it was just about the sex or about the friendship or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. was going on at the moment. So, so I guess that's why I would say I'm not strictly monogamous i mean i guess i would like to be monogamous because there is kind of a fantasy of like oh you find your prince or your princess charming i mean i kind of go both ways but you know you find that person that makes you feel great solves all your problems and you're with forever and then that fantasy that you're gonna grow old you want to bring him home to mom and dad you'd be like look at this trophy i scored you know hate to put it so shallowly, but um, <laughs> there is kind of this almost Western fantasy of doing that. Um, but that's why it's a fantasy. It's not really realistic, especially in this day and age where, when you live in the city and everyone's kind of sleeping around. Um, in the art world, I don't think it's very realistic, uh, especially people who are entertainers and artists. A lot of them are so free-spirited and open that it's hard to get one to settle down or feel like you even want to settle down yourself because you're constantly moving and meeting new people so i don't know i guess i'm yeah i I would like to be monogamous but i don't it's not something i strictly strive for yeah i'm in a relationship yeah Growing up, was non-monogamy ever modeled for you? Or, like, how did you come to learn more about non-monogamous relationships? And maybe can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, So, uh, I guess I learned about non-monogamy in college. I mean, I always knew about swingers. Those are things my parents called them swingers, you know, people kind of just sleep around and stuff. But I remember when I was in college, one of my roommates was reading The Ethical Slut. And she's, you all nod your heads, that's our Bible. 
like you know it's kind of like one of those things and then and then I've had other friends that I've like you know slept with or had intimacy with where some friend of mine he never identified as poly but he slept around a lot you know he was he liked to sleep with people and um you know I don't know why I find myself with sex addicts all the time but I mean I don't think I am I don't think I'm a sex addict. I mean, I definitely have my moments, but, you know, I think, uh, that's why I don't think if I was with someone monogamously, I don't know that I would get bored sexually necessarily. I would actually probably worry about it being the other way around because I'm not very hypersexual. So... Uh, you know, I don't think I'm under-sexual, but I think, you know, it doesn't, you know, I'm not looking for anything crazy, and if I was with someone who didn't want to explore more, then maybe it, I would expect them to have the anxiety more than I would, I guess. Right, the, you, so you you would see yourself, like, being fairly satisfied, and your concern would be more that they were see, they were needing more than you were potentially able to, to Yeah, provide. or wanting. Yeah. I would think so, just knowing my sex drive and kind of what, how I've been in the past. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things I wanted to circle back, because I'm, I'm still circling. We can, we can circle. I'm still we can circling, keep circling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my favorite shape. <laughs> <laughs> Is around the communication. So, you you know, one of the things when we talk to people in, in you know, non-monogamous relationships, poly, swingers, whatever, is really... And one of the things that we drive home a lot is like communication is so critical, right? Talking about what you're into, what you're not into. And one of the things that you touched on really early on is that because of your disability and that it's a physical disability, that things are more interesting, right? You have to communicate a lot better about like sure. maybe maybe they don't have maybe they've never been with somebody who is disabled. So now you get to communicate, like, how do we have sex? What does that look like? What, you know, how does all mm. of this work? Cause it's a little bit of a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can comment on that. I, uh, uh, it's kind of funny that you say that cause I, the, I just had a conversation with my friend a couple weeks ago. He was probably the closest I've ever had to a boyfriend. Like if I were to go through my whole timeline, we were, dating for like six months and uh and then we you know we got together we hooked up and uh it wasn't great it was kind of nerve i mean it was just nerve-wracking we were both extremely nervous and we didn't really know what to do with each other and uh and i think we were both just like thinking about what our own approach was going to be you know and the one thing we both agreed that we didn't do was talk to each other about it. We never actually like sat down and we're like, okay, what do you like? What, what are we going to, you know, what is this going to look like for us? And, um, I mean, that's a big lesson. It's like the challenge I think is, uh, trying to make communication sexy. Yeah. Because when you think about communication, you don't go like, you don't want to be like, what do you like? Oh, I like the mic nipples are touched and then you're just dwelling on that word nipple and how ridiculous it sounds you know <laughs> and uh you know it's just kind of like it's hard it's hard to talk about this and with the disability thing uh one of the kind of main themes i've noticed with people who have wanted to maybe get with me in that way like a sexual way is uh they're afraid that i'm gonna break because I look very small and very petite. I can't really move that well. Um, people are afraid that they're going to break me. Like, if it, it's just like, and the reality is, you're not going to break me. And I can actually have pretty normal vanilla sex, you know, like pretty straightforward. And I, and I enjoy it. Uh, a lot of people think I can't feel below my waist. Uh, that's completely entirely untrue. It's just they, they connect, uh, Oh, wheelchair equals dumb legs. It's like that's not really how that always works. So, um, you know, there's a lot of assumptions in my in my stand up comedy act. I, I got like a back when I used to do comedy a long time ago, back in the day before the world was was uh, 
shaggy, broken. I don't know. I, I have a joke that uh, guys don't want to fuck me because they think I can't feel my legs. And I say, no, you misheard me. I'm numb on the inside. There's a big difference. <laughs> but, uh, thanks for laughing at that. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, no. You did not laugh. <laughs> but, yeah yeah i mean i just think communication it's important to kind of you know it's good that even if you're not disabled like talk about it that way you don't that way you don't have a bad time why waste your time yeah. yeah. Well, and you bring up such a good point about the fact that sometimes talking about it can be awkward and weird and like you get focused on certain words. And that is something that I just I know so many people struggle with. Right. You're not alone. We've definitely struggled with that in the past. Like it's hard sometimes to let your brain you can think those things, but actually to spit them out in words is really difficult. Yeah. And I feel like porn pornography has ruined a lot of that because then it's like even in porn like you know they're not realistic in porn they're in porn they're doing porn voice and then but even if when they're talking or just like sex work it's like they do use a lot of language that mm-hmm. you need to use if you're trying to like there's only so many words for pussy you know what I mean you can, <laughs> right um, but and there's come the point where you do have to kind of use that language to get to communicate what you want. But at the same time, I feel like porn makes it so dirty and not in a good way. Like, not like in a shameful, like degrading, commercialized, uncomfortable way. So the language is kind of ruined for you. You know, yeah. in this weird way. Yeah. And um, I, I've been actually. I've been having some great phone sex lately. I have an international friend. And uh, it's funny because we only get to use our words, like only, because we're on the phone. And uh, we don't do visual or anything, it's all audio. And um, surprisingly, I've found that there's a lot of ways that you can talk dirty without sounding like you're in a corner. Like you don't actually have to use all the words that you're supposed to use. You know, you could say, you know, even I remember, I mean, just all kinds of things. Like, I remember this one guy when I was really young, the, the dirty talk was we were doing it, and I was so mad at him for being three hours late that I made him describe all the reasons why he was late while we were fucking. <laughs> 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 I so, love that. <laughs> there was one, uh, uh, another guy, my aunt, uh, another guy just told him to uh, stop thinking so much. I'd stop thinking. Stop, you're still thinking about something. Stop it. And the more you say that, you kind of can work yourself up into an orgasm if you're not careful, you know? So you got <laughs> stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying you don't have to use all the dirty words to talk about this stuff right yeah no that's a fantastic point too and i i love the idea of the phone sex too because you're forced to only use your voice like it's really good practice for in person Mm -hmm. and it's and it's great for yeah yeah, right (laughs) (laughs) the the other thing i wanted to maybe throw out there was um back to the communication and, and to the dirty words one of the conversations I've actually recently had with somebody was, what what words do you prefer? And you could say, oh, well, that's, you know, it's not sexy to have that conversation, right? Like, we should be able to be spontaneous. But for me, my thought was, well, I don't want to be using words that every time I say them, you, like, get more and more turned off. So we basically had the conversation of, like, what what do you prefer used for these body parts and these actions? You know, do you like boobs mm-hmm. or tits? Which do you prefer? Or is there <laughs> or there some other word you prefer? Boobs. And so we just kind of had that conversation, and now we both know what the other person prefers, and you're not going to accidentally say something that turns them off or offends them in the middle of sex. I just remember that's just an, this one time where I was like. Do you want me to suck your nipple? And it just sounded so like 
so dumb when it came out of my mouth. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, yeah, words are, that's a good, that's a good point. Like, I do think um, certain words are, can be a turn off. And it would be awkward for the person who's turned off to be like, don't say that. Because you don't want to uh, police someone's way of speaking. But when you're in the bedroom, sometimes, you know, I mean, I know I've been trying different words out. Like I decided after using the word daddy like three or four times, I don't like that word. Like I tried it and I was like, yeah, it's kind of kind of gross, you know, and I just don't like it. So I don't use it anymore. Um, but as far as like other people, yeah, everything talking about, I mean, I, I do think it's easier. I use what I think the disconnect is. It's easier to get into the nitty gritty of talking about that when you've been with someone for a minute yeah. as opposed to a hookup. And I don't even think that's how it should be. I mean, I think it's stigma that it would be great if in the beginning of every hookup, we, we were able to have that conversation with someone because I think it would make hookups like way better, you know? Yeah. And then you could go, oh, wow, we actually like these certain things or whatever. But um, unfortunately... I just think that sex is always so weird that when people are hooking up spontaneously, they want to just get right to the point. I remember this one guy lying. He said uh, it was so good. It was a it was a total turn off to me. It was like the thing that I was just like, nope. He said he wanted to fuck my guts, and <laughs> I thought I was just like guts, like ah. Oh. It was just like that word was so. This guy, I thought I was in like a haunted house or something. Like, <laughs> and a blindfold me and put my hand in jello too. Like, what the hell is going on here? Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah. And it was just his word choice. I was just like, ooh, I don't like that image. I don't like any of that. So, you know, that was, that was the end of it for me. <laughs> but um, then, yeah. like, it's interesting. Terrible. Yeah, it's interesting because that though that might have worked for other people and it's you don't know. Yeah, you have to imagine it worked on somebody. And maybe he was trying out words just like you were. And he was like, Well, guts didn't guts, guts didn't work. But hey. Check that one off the list. I'll yeah. try and I'll try intestines next time. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, your organs. I'm gonna fuck your organs. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the tagline for this episode. Yeah. Let's, oh, this God. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. You should do that. <laughs> um, how, how in gen, I guess, let me rephrase that. Generally, how do you uh, meet people? Do you, just through friends or do, are you online dating? I'm just curious. People meet people in different ways. So, um, I mean, I've met most of my people in person. I've gone through phases of online dating and I have met some people online, um, like a few, but I, online is a lot of work for me because I, I feel like I do have a disconnect because on the one hand, I don't like being single necessarily. On the other hand, I don't have it in me to not be single. I don't know if that makes sense. So, like, I know that if I really don't want to be single, I can put in the work, I can go online, do the thing, meet the people, do the, I could, it's like anything. If you want to lose weight, work on it. If you want to, you know, it's just a project, but I just, every time I start to do that, I, um, I, I get bored and I don't feel like going through the hassle that you have to go through to make it happen. Um, so online dating usually fizzles out for me after the first few disappointments. And I'm sure you know, like with online dating, it starts with disappointment after disappointment. And then, you know, <laughs> then, you, then you finally meet someone and you're like, oh, you're all right, you know? Um, but, and, and I have gotten to that point with online dating in the past, not to where it was a relationship, but to where, you know, I've met people been like, oh yeah, you're a good layer, you're a you know, whatever whatever it is. But um yeah, I feel like and then as far as real life, I do definitely meet more people in real life. The majority 
people I've been with have been IRL, IRL. Um, but the problem with that is then you're fucking your friends. And <laughs> unfortunately, in this day and age, it's kind of hard to do that for whatever reason. I don't know why. I mean, part of it's I, I work in entertainment, so a lot of my friends are my colleagues, which is definitely can cause problems. Um, so, and then, and then if you, you know, if one person rejects the other, then you still have to see that person. So dating in real life is, can kind of be, you know, a, a, a gamble a little bit, you know, um, yeah. because the, you're, if you're meeting someone in real life, chances are you're going to see them again, or you're going to have mutual friends. So yeah, there's, there's that worry. Yeah, but it was interesting. You talked earlier. You said one of the 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 person that you would say you were together with for like six months and was probably the closest thing you've had to a boyfriend. You, it sounds like you've remained really close friends with that person. And I, I maybe wanted to touch on that and see if you had some thoughts on sort of sticking the the breakup dismount. Right, the we were together. Yeah. Now we're not together. Now maybe we work together. We're we have mutual friends. How how we might be roommates? Like how have oh. you figured to to navigate that part of it? Oh God, triggered. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, this is an aside. Uh, never fuck your roommate. I did do that once before too, and and it does also cause problems when you have to live together after. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, I was fine with it. For the record, I had no problem with it. But anyway, um, that's another story. No, I guess, uh, I mean, it is hard. I don't, hmm, how can I say this? I don't know that it's a healthy thing to do to remain friends with your ex because it is heartbreaking. You know, it's heartbreaking, especially if you're not the one who initiated like, like, you know, in that moment, I wasn't the one who wanted to not be together, so it was definitely hard on me. Um, I, the other, the other thing is I, I enjoyed, I mean, we're both artists, so I, I really liked working with him creatively. Um, you know, that was the most fun I had when we worked together creatively. Um, and there was a lot to him that I, 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 I still care about it, and I love them a lot. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know that's healthy. I mean, we, it's, you know, he lives far away now, so we don't, we don't actually hang out, like, in person, like we used to, and that was kind of, you know, I mean, so he's far away, so it's easier, but we still stay in touch. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I know I have friends who have been friends with their exes for years, and they're on again, off again, and it's just kind of one of those things where relationships evolve in some areas and devolve in other areas. And, and part of the thing that I've been trying to do in my life is kind of compartmentalize my friendships in certain ways. So like my relationships with people, like I, in my head, I go, okay, this is platonic or this is romantic or this is sexual. And there's different levels of that with every relationship and and it's kind of just good to maybe monitor where those levels levels are going um because if you just say ah, you're my crush i want you to be mine then you kind of have this very simplistic view of what the relationship actually is mm-hmm. um so right. or unrealistic unrealistic view too yeah so yeah. um yeah how how have you seen over the last few years of dating or, you know, since you started dating and started, you know, sleeping around and hooking up with people, how have you seen your approach change uh, throughout that time? Well, um, yeah, it's very interesting. When I was younger and in college, um, I very much, there was all these paranoias because it was like, I didn't want to die a virgin. Yeah, it was kind of this weird, like, I'm disabled, I don't know. And it's not, because I have so many disabled friends, 
who are in a happy, loving relationship. So it's not like I didn't have good role models or examples, but when you're young, you kind of have this doom and gloom and, you know, you don't think you're ever going to meet someone. So, um, you know, that was the initial goal, just like lose the virginity, like get that out of the way, don't go to the grave. Uh, yeah, but um, so I lost my virginity and it was awful and, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, because you don't know what you're doing and, you know, it's, you're just doing it to do it. You're not doing it to have fun or enjoy yourself or have pleasure because it's, you know, it's awkward and painful and, you know, it's just like, it's like a trophy or a rite of passage. It's not really a enjoyable situation. Um, so that, so after that happened, then my goals changed to this weird, like, oh, all my friends are hooking up and I don't want to be the one celibate one. You know, again, like this status acquisition. So then you want to be like, look, I can sleep around too. Look, even though I'm, you know, a cripple, I can, I'm, I'm hot. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm promiscuous. I do drugs. I, I like rock and roll, you know, you kind of just, you want to put on this persona. Um, and then when you're an entertainer, there's also that, you know, you have fans coming up to you and flirting with you. And so it's kind of like, you know, oh, I can acquire that too. It's just this weird Harvey Weinstein-esque attitude that, just kidding, I'm not that bad. Um, I was going <laughs> to no, say, you don't, you don't strike me as the Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> no, I... I have a, don't worry, I've never coerced anyone into sex. It's all been a guilt trip. No. <laughs> no. Um, that's a, sorry, that's a bit. Uh, no, but I, I just thought it was that. So then after I kind of lived the fuck boy, fuck girl, whatever life for a second, which is, I mean, which is not to say I was sleeping around all the time. It was just a lot of chasing and getting rejected and getting molested in bars and you know just like a bunch of uh bullshit um and then after i kind of got and then and then you know and then i was horny so and lonely and then you want that intimacy but then you realize that the sex isn't what you really want it's the intimacy that you want you want the companionship you want the the care and um so then I went through that period of realizing that it wasn't, you know, the orgasms and everything that I craved. It was really just the intimacy. And then um, now that I'm more mature and grown, I've, you know, in the past couple of years, I've definitely turned down hookups. I've been in situations where people want to hook up and I don't want it because I'm scared. You know, I don't want to have a bad time. You know, it's like, Hookups aren't great when you don't communicate and you don't have a good time. It's not worth it to just do it just to do it, you know? And so I started kind of having more self-respect and uh, choosing when I wanted to do it. And so now, I guess now I'm in a phase where I would like to have more sexual experience and I feel like I'm getting there. And it's slow and steady and then... I'm comfortable with the pacing. I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're right. Like you said, your standards come up, right? As you as you learn what you do and don't like, and then you're like, you know, you you said this. Like, I know I could turn it on. I could turn on the dating apps. I could go get it, but but for what? Right? For some bad sex, and I'm uncomfortable, and the communication is shitty, and the person might is be shitty. So it? like, it's your standards raise, right? Oh, yeah, and it's just like when you, yeah, I don't know, your standards raise, and it's not about, you realize it's not about having sex. You're wanting something more. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, yeah, I, I would say, like, yeah, I do have this thing to prove, like, oh, look, I'm a cripple. I can get laid anytime I want. And it's true. I could get laid tonight if I want to get laid. I could go on fucking Tinder and find like, so many people want to have sex right now. A lot of people want to have sex with me because it's a weird fetish thing, too. It's like, you know, oh, I'm going to knock that off my bucket list, or, you know. And, and I don't really want to be fetishized. That's not what I'm going right. for either, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, how do you how do you how do you combat that? How do you come up against that? I mean that that's something that I mean neither of us have ever had to to deal with that, and I think that's a really important thing to talk about if you're willing to. Yeah, um, I mean it's definitely uh, yeah, it sucks. I mean it's just awkward because it's like I'm just thinking about what to say. Like, I would be in a bar or something, and then I'd have, like, a friend. You know, I have a lot of friends in the comedy community and stuff, and when you're drinking, uh, your inhibitions get lowered, and you flirt with people maybe you wouldn't normally flirt with, you know? And uh, I've had friends of mine, you know, touch my face, kiss me, we'd make out in the bar, we, you know, and you could tell that they think I'm very sexy, you know, especially because I do my makeup, I, you know, I totally show up looking, looking fine and, and, uh, they're into it and they don't know why they're into it and they're confused because yesterday they didn't see me as a sexy hot babe. They saw me as a vulnerable little crippled girl. And then I go up on stage and, and tell dick jokes and mind, mind myself sucking a dick on stage. And all of a sudden they get a heart on and they don't know why, you know, so it's like, um, they're confused, so it's kind of like a weird fetish thing. And then I get flirted with, but nobody ever wants to go all the way because it's in their mind, it's just a fantasy. It's just a weird fetish. And of course, I've had people be like, oh, I've never been with a girl in a wheelchair. I'd love to do that. You know, it's just like, that's just a turn off. Because it's like, you know, that's just not what I'm looking for. I'm not really just looking for dick. You know, I mean, I, I respect people who are just looking for whatever they want to get the rocks off to, but that's not really what I'm looking for. So if someone wants to fetishize me, I don't know that I would really be into that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, how, I guess, in your everyday life, how open with you are you with friends and family about kind of your relationship dynamics? Like, as far as, looking you said you mentioned possibly looking for like that fantasy of the one but then you're also in practice more sleeping around a little bit more um do you have those conversations with friends and maybe family yeah, she fucks all her friends that's true i'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> no i wish i fucked all my friends no um no i don't tell them that uh no i uh i mean yeah, I don't really come from a super prudish family, so it's not like I, it's not like I hide anything. I, it, it is a little awkward because I, I do think my parents secretly want me to settle down. You know, like they want me to meet someone. I think they would be really happy. And, you know, I, I am a very family oriented person, so I do have kind of this weird, like, what is it, like a noble, like, stoic desire to, yeah, bring someone home and be like, don't worry, mom and dad, my, my lover will take care of you too, you know? No, uh, but, I mean, I'm not, I don't really, I don't, obviously I don't tell them, like, oh, yeah, I have a guy over there. Yeah, I don't say all that, but, uh, you know, I mean, I have dated, I remember there's this, oh, this is so funny, this is a really funny story. I was seeing, I was seeing a, a guy, the one, the one I was talking about earlier, and uh, he, my mom gave. I told my mom about it. It wasn't like a serious relationship. I wasn't like, yeah, he's my boyfriend. We're together. But I was excited, and I was like, I, I met someone I really like, and I think he likes me, and you know, I just, I'm really excited, you know. And my mom gives me a bunch of money. To give to this guy. I don't know if you tell you the amount, but she's like, here, help him pay his rent. And I didn't do it because that would just be too weird to just like, hey, I've only known you for two months, but here's a shit ton of money. Like, let me buy your love, you know? Like, it just would have been weird. So I told my mom, I was like, I am not giving him this money. And I gave it back to It was just like a funny thing. But, but, that kind of communicated to me that she was a little 
overly excited and maybe was trying to pay the symbolic dowry, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was just a funny story that came to mind. Yeah, we have, it reminds me, we have a friend of ours whose mom is super passionate about her having grandbabies. Yeah. And she's actually like offered people like sums of money to get her daughter pregnant because <laughs> she wants a grandbaby. And I'm oh, like, well, no. you know, I could use a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> I know. I know. I felt bad because I was like, Man, I need to use the money, but my pride. I can't sacrifice my pride. That's right. That's right. No, you can't. I I wouldn't have been able to. No, that that would have been probably a line I wouldn't cross either. Yeah. Yeah. So how how do you, as you're moving through the world of hookups and dating, how do you keep yourself safe sexually and just physically safe, right? Out in bars or out you know, in clubs or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was to say, I, I can't. So once I'm in bed, I can't move. Um, I can't uh, move myself. I can't reach my phone. I can't. Um, another problem is I can't. This is actually a little bit of a complication. And it's the reason why I like day sex is that I can't uh, turn over in bed at night. So I actually have an assistant with me in the other room that I call in the middle of the night. Um, usually when I'm having someone over, that is a conversation that we do have where I say, hey, I can't roll over in bed, so we could do this one of two ways. We could either have a third party come in every couple hours and flip me, or you can wake up every couple hours and flip me over, you know? And of course, usually they opt for the... Uh, the the not having another person come in the room, you know. Um, uh, it's definitely been weird when I when I like would have an assistant come get me up in the morning, and I got a guy in bed. This one guy felt so bad because I uh, I he wanted to leave early, and I said no, stay, because I wanted I wanted to show that I was a whore, and so uh, I was like. I was like, stay, be my little trophy in bed. I don't this, but, um, but no, I mean, as far as safety, I mean, I guess what I usually do is I make sure at least one friend knows what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with and where I'm doing it and who I, even if it's not sex, even if it's just like a first date or if I'm having someone over, I just make sure someone knows. Um, I have a code where, if I send that friend a letter, like a random letter, that means I'm in trouble. And the reason why I say a random letter is if you're flailing, sometimes you can only reach a random letter. So I want to make it something really simple that I don't have to think about. Um, yeah, I, and I always, if I do, I remember I had a guy over once and my sister, this is a really funny story. My assistant at the time, who usually did my overnight, instead of doing my overnight, she was fucking a guy in a motel down the street. So <laughs> she would, she did this weird thing where she would fuck him a few times, go work for somebody else, like change their catheter or something, then go back and fuck him, then come over to my house and put me over, and then go back and fuck him. She was like this super assistant who just like had a bunch of sex and worked at the same time at like three in the morning it was really weird um pre-covid pre-covid uh <laughs> we're not doing that anymore but, yeah um, yeah that's hilarious and then as far as bars bars actually have been maybe a little more unsafe because you know when people get i mean i've definitely been you know, I've had people make out with me without my consent. And, you know, I grab me and touch me. And um, usually when that happens, I never really ever go to a bar unless I know someone there. Um, so if I have friends there, I'll tell one of them, like, hey, this person is being weird. Can you kind of protect me a little bit? And then my friend will stand between me and them and make sure I'm distanced from that person. So I never, I try to never travel to a place where I don't know anyone there. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's right. a good safety measure. One of, one of the yeah. things that you touched on right at the beginning of this conversation was something that I wondered if maybe you could talk a little more about, which is maybe like the trust you have in somebody when you end up going to bed, because you said once you're in bed, you basically can't move. And I think that's a really, yeah. really vulnerable place to be in. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and when I say I've hooked up with people, don't get me wrong. This is the number of people I can count on my two hands, you know. Like, I definitely don't, I don't sleep around that much. Um, right. And that's part of the reason. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've talked to people online. One of the things that annoys me with online dating is I feel like so many people, especially men, mainly men, I mean, I've never had this problem with a woman, but um, mainly men want to go to bed right away. They don't even want to go on a date first. I'm like, God, can't we get a drink? Can't we get some coffee? Can I have 24 hours, you know, to like meet you and then think about it overnight, you know? But it's like, and to me, that's not unreasonably slow. To me, that's normal. Like, you meet someone, yeah, for at least one day, at least, and yeah. then you fuck. You don't just fuck, you know. But for some reason, it seems to be more the norm that people just want to hook up that night on like Tinder or whatever. And I don't like doing that. I really don't like doing that, so I don't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean it makes total sense, right? Like yeah. you're you're the at risk person there you're the vulnerable person like this this dude coming over is not in any type of he's there's no concern for him right for yeah. his safety and the other problem with that too that's why i prefer to date people in real life because even if we hooked up without dating or anything chances are we have mutual friends so if anything weird happened you know, they have to answer to all our mutual friends all of a sudden. So yeah, there's right. some accountability. Yeah, there's yeah. a little yeah. bit of built-in accountability there. Yeah, yeah, but like a stranger on the internet, there's nothing. They come as fast as they go. No yeah, intended. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the things, and 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 this one, this one should be up your alley as a comedian. One of the things we love to talk to people about is bloopers because we. You know, sometimes people can think, oh, it's just a sex is super serious. And and I think anybody who's really done it knows it's not. But like, it's kind of fun to hear the lighter side of it. And maybe if you had a, a funny blooper that you would be willing to share, it doesn't have to necessarily be sexual, but just something that you'd be open to sharing. Um, God, I shit on a guy once on accident. That's <laughs> not really that funny. I don't know. Um, yeah. God, sex is just so awkward. Let me think for a minute. Uh, the first time I lost my virginity, the maintenance guy was coming over to fix a light bulb or something, and he asked me if he could plug his phone in. And I have a charger on my wheelchair, so I just said you could plug it into me. <laughs> and uh, I definitely meant nothing by it. I really meant nothing by it, but of course one thing led to another, and that's how that happened. Um, so wait, you then, lost. Uh, so hold on a second. You lost your virginity to the maintenance guy because you told him he could plug it into you. Yeah, and I meant the charger on my chair, but he thought I meant his dick and my badge, and that's what happened. <laughs> Consensually. Consensually, of course. Um, but I mean, I mean, we were friends. It, it was in college, so we all went to the same school. So it was like, you know, like a weird thing. But, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Perfect choice uh, of words. I'm trying to think of other yeah, right. I mean, there was that. And then me and my friend make a movie about how, like, we just thought it would be funny to make a video. Because so many guys are afraid they're going to, like, break me. So that would be about me being fucked to death. So I'd be like, oh, no, everything's fine. Don't worry. And then we'd be going out and then you'd accidentally, like, tear my arm off or something. Something overly gory. Or, or like, alien would come out of my stomach. I don't know. He'd, he'd literally fuck your guts out. Yeah, right? Oh, God. That would be... Ah, that's like... Ugh. 
Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh Well, thank you so much for sharing everything you did. It was a delight to talk to you. And I just wanted to, I know we got Uh in touch with you through Jeff and the movie Romantic Chorus that's coming out. Um, I didn't, Mm -hmm. I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about that project if you wanted to. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's a a really cool project. Um, One of the neat things that I like about it is that it's fully animated which is great. Um, I love animation. I love cartoons. Um, and every, and basically he just interviewed like a bunch of different people and then they each have their own little animator on it. So it's even different types of animation, which is really neat to me. Um, it was interesting. Uh, Jeff came over, we talked. Yeah. These little categories and it was like technology and fear and he has all these categories and um yeah just not talk about it you know Mm -hmm. it's not not very often you get to get all vulnerable about sex and love and all that and and we did and it was great yeah i'm excited for it to come out yeah Yeah, i know that's that's amazing and and uh, I also wanted to give you the opportunity to maybe talk about your work, right? I, I know stand-up comedy is probably tough to do during Kofefe here, but how are, maybe are there places yeah. people can find you and your work, and are you still able to get out and do some performing, even if it's you know virtual or something like that? Yeah, I've been doing a little bit. Uh, I've definitely been doing some virtual and, and a little bit of live stuff, but not so much. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm really trying to get the video work. And uh, if you're on Instagram, if you're on the Instagram, follow me at the Painted Jade. So the Painted Jade, P-A-I-N-T-E-D-J. Yeah. yeah. And then I also website com. but my name is really hard to spell, so. Don't worry about it. We'll put we'll but, uh, put links in the show notes. So don't yeah. you don't have to worry about spelling anything. Yeah. People can find everything on our website. So don't worry about it. Yeah, that. okay, cool. Well www.jaterio.com. Uh I got a movie coming out. I was in a trauma movie. that's coming out, I believe, sometime early next year, hopefully. Um it's called Divide and Conquer. And I play the strip club owner. Um, funny story, the role for the strip club only was originally for uh, Ron Jeremy, the, the porn yeah, yeah. actor. Yeah, but then he uh, did some bad things, and uh, they they called me up instead. So I I play Ron Jeremy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 I don't play him. I don't play him, but I do play a character named Ronnie, but. But it's definitely a different non non rapey type of guy. <laughs> I was gonna say you're you're no Ron Jeremy and you're no Harvey Weinstein. No, so no, you, you can leave. Oh, it. Yeah, little do you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that's amazing. Uh, we appreciate. I mean, everything you do, all of the work you're putting out into the world, and for sharing your story with us and and talking with us tonight. It's it's been wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful rest of your night. And we're back. Thank you so much, Jade, for coming on the show. I know we were put in touch with you through Jeff, as we mentioned at the beginning and throughout the interview. But thank you so much for coming out and sharing your story. And sharing what could literally be one of my favorite loss of virginity stories. (laughs) Yes. So you got to be careful who you ask to plug into what and where. (laughs) That was amazing. So thank you for all the laughs and for the vulnerability. It was amazing. And we hope it's not the last time that we talk. So 
a few. As we promised, we promised yes. community announcements. We promised community announcements. So the first step is our virtual meet and greet. So our next one is going to be on December 12th. That's a Saturday this time. It's going to be starting at 10 p.m. Eastern. I know that's late. We apologize. We'll be moving them around a little bit in the future. But 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern time on December 12th. These meet and greets are open to anyone that wants to join. They are $10 and you can sign up by going to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and clicking on the meet and greet tab. Yeah, I just wanted to say one of the really cool things about these meet and greets is that they're not just for non-monogamous people. It's a really great way. Maybe you're thinking about exploring it. Maybe you're just looking to meet other open-minded people. There is a wide range of people in there yes. and, and everybody is welcome and welcoming. So yeah, we'd love to have you join us and check it out. Yes. The other thing we want to talk about is our Patreon group. So before we, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Before we do, we just have to say a huge thank you. Well, yeah, I didn't even get there. I know, because I cut you off. <laughs> Strategically. Okay, go ahead. Thank you <laughs> to all of the amazing Patreon supporters. You guys are amazing, and we're so excited to be building this community that is creeping up on 140 members. Yes, we're incredibly excited and couldn't be more grateful for all of you. Uh, we do have a monthly Q&As that we do for our Patreon group. You can join those um, at the $2 level. And our next monthly Q&A is Wednesday, December 16th. We do two of them, one at 9 p.m. Eastern and the other one at 9 p.m. Pacific. We also have a MeWe group and uh, a men's group and a women's group. And those are all available at the $5 level. And the men next women's group call is December 9th. The next men's group call is December 15th. So again, information about all of those calls and how to access all of that is on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com by clicking on the Patreon button. And and we always like to just throw this out there. If you are looking for a community and maybe a specific group um, and you don't identify as a man or a woman or you fall somewhere in between that and the spectrum, of gender sexuality or gender i suppose not sexuality the reach out to us we would love to hear from you and we would love to help facilitate creating this community uh we just don't we we're we would love some help doing that that's yes. maybe the easiest way to say it so thank you uh for doing that in the future people also <laughs> wow i don't know what's go. happening <laughs> also i just want to shout out Welcome to December, everyone. We made it to December of this year. I know it's been a long one, and we just appreciate all of you listening and supporting the show throughout this year. It has been, yeah, challenging, but we couldn't be more thankful. I don't know thankful. what you're talking about. <laughs> we couldn't be more thankful for all of you. That's that's very true. Next, next week. week <laughs> woo, next week, we've got uh, some other podcasts, some fellow podcasters. They started their show at the like in the beginning of the year like springtime roughly I, why are you staring at me i don't know it was i believe it was springtime why you got to argue with me because i thought it was the summer but you're right well even I'm... if you did you don't have to now i would i should have to edit this out but i don't even give a shit you're it's just gonna fine. Leave it in. yeah they'll okay. be fine with it okay i we should bet on it we should see who was right oh before we go look i think it was like i think they came up with the idea and like february march and yes. didn't, didn't really start recording until like june or july well that wasn't what you said at the beginning look i'm covering, <laughs> all, I'm, covering I'm covering all my bases no i think they started uh, my point was i think they started publishing episodes in june and july all right well we'll see who's right based on the way i described it i'm correct because <laughs> all of it i covered all the months in 2020 <laughs> okay let's just agree that i won this one Let's let's <laughs> table that discussion. So anyway, anyway the, the name podcast. of the show is Cheating on Fear. It is not just about uh, sex and relationships and non-monogamy, but that is definitely part of it. And uh, the hosts are Beatrice and Dante, and we're super excited to um, to have them on. Also, I believe today we yes, were published today. on their show. We they did an interview with us for their podcast. So after you get done listening to this. 47 minute outro <laughs> go and download the most recent episode of the cheating on fear podcast yeah and you'll hear us for another 47 plus minutes yeah <laughs> maybe even longer mm -hmm. i don't remember how long that was exactly <laughs> it was it was a long time but it was awesome so thank you thank you thank you yes for listening to this point um reach out let us know how you're doing let us know how we're doing and uh, we hope to hear from everybody yep and i think that's it bye everyone <laughs> thanks it. for listening Just <laughs> That's it. Wrapped it up real quick. Nailed it. <laughs>